0: Without Elon's willpower, none of these companies would be around today. Because all of them had these moments where they were basically on death's door, and it, it was it was only kind of Elon's belief and willingness to just keep going that that they are still around today.
1: All right, hello everybody. I have a very special guest here, Ashley Vance. Um, if you've seen on my Instagram recently, uh, I posted a picture reading his book. I also posted a picture with me and Elon Musk. And so the book is titled Elon Musk, Tesla, SpaceX, and the Quest for a Fantastic Future. A lot of people say Elon Musk is one of the most important people alive on the planet. He's now just uh, tied for the 100th richest man in the world, 33rd, I think, in the United States, but but to me, what's better about Elon Musk personally is he's got what I call a level three business. I mean, it's not he's not selling sugar, water, or junk food. He's like selling something that's important. And you kind of, Ashley, got the uh, you're you're the first person to really get Elon Musk to agree to write a book with you, right?
0: Yeah, that is right. Um, if a few people had. Tried along the way over the years, and and Elon kind of fancied the idea of doing his own book there for a while. And, um, but yeah, I was the first one to, you know, get him to do a whole bunch of interviews.
1: So let's start. I always like to start with like the dessert first, you know, start with the best part. After spending all this time and having insider access to Elon Musk, what's the like the standout lesson that you learned for your own life to be? you know, to do big things, like, was there one just takeaway that kind of the, the arc that encompasses everything that you, that you learn from him?
0: I think so. I mean, obviously, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff, um, but the the kind of biggest one that stood out for me, I guess, you know, I guess it sounds kind of simple. I, I would say it really succinctly just kind of as, as, do the most you can with your life but I guess <laughs> what I mean by that is you know we're all told to kind of set priorities or goals for ourselves and and um, to really kind of work to achieve them I, I guess until I had met someone like Elon who really is kind of like a one-of-a-kind um, and is kind of you know I'd say he's on this he's on a couple of different quests and he's sort of decided he has to work as hard as he possibly can pretty much at all times to achieve those things. And so he's kind of like maximizing what he's after. He's, he's narrowed down his goals and then he's going after them with everything he's got. And just seeing that up close made me really rethink um, kind of how I was running my life. So it made me think really hard about exactly what my priorities are and then to you know dedicate myself to them. More fully. I don't think I would ever live my life kind of at the full extreme of Elon, but it, it pushed me in that direction.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's pretty intense. I think he's the only guy alive that has started three, billion, three companies, each worth at least a billion dollars from scratch. So that's, a, I saw a little talk. I went to, my friend had this little private talk that he gave a year ago, and Elon Musk, somebody asked him, you know, would you do this again? And he said something to the effect of, I'd rather you know, put shards of glass in my eye, then do exactly what I did. He said, you know, I made a hundred million plus selling PayPal and then I invested all of it into SpaceX, Tesla and Solar City, and I didn't have any money left. I was like borrowing rent money or living with my friend, you know. So uh can you speak a little bit on this kind of Struggle because a lot of people become entrepreneurs as super optimists, and then you look back on it and go, Wow, that wasn't quite as easy. What's Elon Musk and your take on the struggle to be an entrepreneur?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, again, just because he does sort of everything at these extreme levels, I mean, I I think, um, you know, his struggle would be it's got to be one of the most exceptional things. I mean, it's one of the the bits that really drew me to want to write about him was that he's got this amazing life story on top of all the, the business stuff. But, you know, like as a kid, he was he had a pretty rough childhood. I mean, he was like a loner. He didn't get along very well with his dad. He got beat up at school, and so he kind of runs away from home when he's 17 with like $100 in his pocket, and that kind of started his whole um, personal struggle. He, like, backpacks around Canada, puts himself through school, ends up going to Silicon Valley, and then... Kind of decides to outwork Everyone, he founds this company Zip2 and then PayPal, and gets kicked out of them. (laughs) You know, he's the largest shareholder and the boss, and he gets kicked out of both of them mostly because he just couldn't get along with people. He's a little
1: bit like Steve Jobs.
0: Yeah, and then you know, and he he really was kind of like learning on the job, and he had to sort of to fix things in his personality. So he you know he's going through the whole struggle of building a company from scratch, and then at the same time he's going through the struggle of of how do I make my personality, which is is this very um, big, forceful, intense personality, sort of fit in with other people. How do I kind of become a leader of people? And um, so, you know, you see him having to learn that in these, like, really difficult circumstances. I mean, the good thing for him was that his companies kept doing well and he made a lot of money. Um, And then to the point that you were talking about in his story, I mean, like, in 2008, his entire life collapses on a scale that, like, I don't think most people will ever experience he's got tesla and spacex are both basically bankrupt and then he's getting a divorce and his ex-wife is blogging about the divorce in the press and so um you know if you're you're looking for like examples i mean the way he basically survived that is that he just stayed super rational during all that as best as he could i mean he would just make these very practical decisions about kind of what can i do today to keep companies alive and he just kept buying himself more time doing that and it it paid off in the end
1: yeah well you know the which we could talk a lot about this struggle thing but it kind of leads me to this next when i think of elon musk i think of a contradiction because for the most part there's that confucius saying the man who chases two rabbits catches none and so there's a part of me and uh, that says this guy, he broke the rule, like he focused on all this different stuff. And he's been somewhat, you know, very successful. But then there's another part of me that goes, really, I can't remember if I read it in, in your book, uh, or if I read it just in an article where he said, this is all part of one master plan that he's had, you know, and the companies are related SpaceX, uh, uh, Tesla and City are obviously related to human survival you know we got to survive by having alternate forms of energy we have to survive maybe by having alternate forms of living not on planet earth so do you think how, how do you see that like how does he stay focused yet do these different things and juggle these different things a little bit like richard branson at virgin
0: it is tricky yeah so the last chapter of my book is like the unified field theory of elon musk yes and, and so it goes into kind of How the companies fit in technologically together, how they fit in sort of philosophically, how they sort of like um, help him in these very practical ways, kind of politically and and monetarily and all that. So, you know, I do do think there's there's all this overlap. I think ultimately SpaceX is his baby and this idea of starting a colony on Mars is like his life's purpose. I think if he had to like pick one company and, and pick one thing that he could do, you know, that is what it is. As it happens, you know he got into electric cars because he did care about that stuff too, and he did care about solar, and so um, these things kind of fall in his lap, and then, and then in this very Elon way, <laughs> he goes at them full force as well. I think, I think it. it um, I mean, I think you know most people would burn out doing this, and I think he does get sort of close to that. I don't know how long he can. Kind of sustain this but though Did one... you see some
1: of that where he's like hey I might have bitten off more than I can chew even though he's a supercharged guy do you see him running right at the edge
0: yeah he's definitely running right at the edge I don't think he would ever audibly say I bit off more than i can chew because he i think he lets ego is that you know he could tackle anything but we would have these dinners I mean he would come and You know, some of them he looked fine, and then some of them it was like, you know, he, the thing, it struck me as like a guy who had just run a marathon or something like that. This kind of really, um, these bags under your eyes and just this kind of sallow look in your face. And it was, it was not that he had run a marathon. It was, you know, he'd just been up for days on end. He, he kind of pushes himself to the very limits. You sort of have to, because neither. SpaceX or Tesla is, you know, there's like a crisis happening at, every, at both companies right. all the time that he has to deal with. So um, he never really gets a break.
1: Yeah. One of my mentors, Alan Nation, said, Ty, you know, you got to make a change when the first thought that happens when you wake up is what crisis is going to happen today? And so it sounds like Elon Musk might be able to go, what two crises are going to happen today? Or maybe even three. That's
0: it. Yeah, I mean that's how he operates. You know, there's people at um, like Gwyn Shotwell. She's the president of SpaceX, and she's amazing. And she runs like the day-to-day operations of the company, and sort of keeps it humming along. But Elon's a guy. I mean, that is his job. He he figures out whatever's the biggest crisis at either company, and that's like where he puts his attention. And not like he just fixes it all himself, but he goes to the person at the company who's dealing with messed up door or or the. of the rocket software that's broken and he's like standing there right with that guy saying you know what do you need in terms of money or people to fix this and he stays there for if it takes like a day to fix it if it takes a month (laughs) elon's right over your shoulder working on it with you for better or worse
1: what do you think you know there's so many things that elon musk personifies that people want to have in their own life. I think one of them is not being a procrastinator and getting what you want. Like if you have a goal, most, I read about 75% of people at one point or another in their life will dream of starting something. Like they'll have an idea for an invention, a patent, they'll have an idea for a business. But we know that the amount of people that actually try is a much lower than 75% and the amount of people that actually succeed is even lower. So it comes down at some level at the beginning to motivation to get off your butt and actually do stuff. What do you think is the key to Elon Musk's motivation? You know?
0: Yeah, he's a tricky one because it seems to come from a weird place. I mean, he has this, you know, like when he talks about, I want to, start a colony on mars because the human species may face some sort of threat that we don't know about and it just makes sense to have a backup plan like i, I think other people okay half the people think that's crazy half the people are like <laughs> hey i can kind of see that For interstellar him, feels that on like this what's that
1: it's like the movie interstellar that just came out yeah, last I, well
0: yeah totally and then i mean like he feels this on uh, this deep emotional level. I mean, that's when like he would get tears in his eyes when he was talking to me and and um so like as far as his motivation goes, it, you know, it comes from this weird place of like I mean, it, you know, it's basically I have to do this for the human species and so I do think some people think this is nuts and then for some people it kinda works. I mean the uh, It's been cool to see on Twitter people who have read the book have totally come away and and been, just like you said, it's like I want to get off my butt and go do something. And I do think when you sort of see the example of what Elon did, I mean, it's kind of amazing, but it's also all he did was just like sit down and decide to do something, and he's done that four or five times, you know, and that's all it took.
1: So you think it's come from him specifically. It comes from kind of an emotional place of – I want to help humanity, help myself. That That's his prime. As opposed to, let's say, Stephen Schwartzman at Blackstone, I was just reading about a Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger. These guys are very focused. Like, I want to be rich. That was kind of their motivator. You think Elon's comes much more from a kind of savior complex, or not complex, but a, that mentality?
0: Yeah, I do. I mean, I think he totally enjoys being rich. And like as he's got richer, it's made kind of all this stuff that he's going after easier and he he has he, he has like a big ego i mean he loves being the celebrity ceo and all that stuff but i mean i honestly and this does not come from any sort of fanboy anything i mean i just having spent enough time with him and his family and his friends and his employees i mean i just think it's very authentically he's after this bigger picture stuff and he's either had to make money along the way to make that happen or he's kind of stumbled into money as a result of pursuing this bigger goal. I think like at the very beginning when he did Zip2, which was like this dot-com startup around 1994, I mean that was a pretty conscious decision with his brother that like the internet was happening. We need to do something to capitalize on it. It wasn't totally kind of we just need to get rich. It was like This is where the action is. Let's get involved and see what happens. But, you know, since then, I think he's been kind of driven by something well beyond money.
1: Yeah, I have a a system that a personality kind of psychometric test that I'm working on uh, kind of trademarking. And uh, I call it the PACE system. So P-A-S-E. And they're the four dominant kind of drivers in personality types. So P stands for practical. A, action. S, social, and E, emotional. So I my take, you know, and I've I've uh, been with Elon in person, that he is either an EA dominant person, I think he's an EAPS, which is emotional first, that's his driver, and you kind of confirmed it, my hunches after, you know, being around him in person. A is second, he likes to take action. Third, P, practical, he, he knows how to raise capital and do the, the day-to-day, and then S, uh, maybe is his weakest. He's a little bit – He, I would say he's – you could tell he didn't grow up the most popular kid in high school. He's a little bit eccentric slash nerdy even now.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the way you ranked him sounds pretty fair to me, and and it is true. I mean, he's not uh, – even though he's gotten better at giving presentations and all those things, I mean, he's not, like, the easiest guy to just, like, have a beer with. <laughs>
1: right, exactly, yeah. He. Now, let's talk about – so, interesting motivation – Another thing I wanted to talk about that's just a practical tip for entrepreneurs, I'm an entrepreneur, a lot of entrepreneurs will be listening to this, Uh, Peter Drucker speaks of the eight objectives of of every good business, you know, marketing, innovation, human resources, physical uh, objectives for your products, you've got social responsibility, all these profit requirements, but the one that that Elon Musk in some ways has really excelled out is the capital objective being able to raise capital so i think he raised two billion dollars not too long ago in bonds for tesla he's raised money at various stages for his business what do you think is the secret to success in specifically around raising money so if somebody's watching and they're trying to raise 500 grand for a business or 100 grand or 10 million what are the things you took away from from learning from elon
0: Elon's like a little bit of a tricky example because um, in some of the stuff like like Tesla, you know, he had made his own money and none of the VCs wanted to invest in Tesla at all. And pretty much like the reason Elon became the first major investor in Tesla was because he was the only guy willing to put in money. Right. In that sense, you know, he he was the capital. Um, but you're completely right. I mean, subsequently, like more than. Anyone else I think we've seen in recent memory. I mean he has a real gift You know of late because his star has been rising Um, It's like everyone wants to buy in to Elon Musk and so it's gotten pretty easy for him to raise capital I'd say in the in the darker days kind of like 2008 when you had this whole World was melting down with a financial crisis and 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 all those things and Elon was still able to raise money in those environments I mean to me you know, he gives off such a complete devotion and commitment to what he believes in. And that's what other people buy into. It is that, um, like, when he talks about something, he not only talks about it with passion, but he explains it. So it just seems to make so much sense. Even when he's telling you about, like, a Mars colony and you know that there's all these things that need to be done to make that happen. I mean, you kind of buy into it and then... And then he also gives off this impression of, you know, I will die to make this happen, like this, this total commitment of himself to back it up. And so, um, you know, I think the investors were always buying into him more than the ideas of the companies back in those those really tough times.
1: Yeah, that's, it remind There's two books. Uh, I've got this book club, um, which you, your book has made it into the book club. I kind of ranked the best books, I think, out there. And uh, there's there's two books. One's by a uh, former, Har- I think he's dead now, Harvard professor Solomon, and it's how to write a good business plan. And then the other book is uh, one of my favorites by, it's the autobiography of Sam Walton, who started Walmart, became basically the wealthiest man of our time. And uh, both of those books confirm what you just said. Solomon says, in general, in- good investors are investing in you. So they are investing in who you are, what you know, and who you know. And then Sam Walton says that he gave 10 commandments to building a business, and he made $160 billion, and And he said uh, the first one is commit. You know, And I find most entrepreneurs have a hard time committing because they're not good at uh, coming to a place where they say, yes, I know what I should be doing. So maybe the lesson from what you said is, to raise capital is an a, is is an aftereffect of you knowing what you're doing and it being in an area that you have competence and passion in. Does that sound?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I think like I mean, I think you can make a case for that. I think with Elon, you know, I mean, I think like he knew what he wanted to do more or less. Um, in some cases with something like SpaceX. I mean, it's kind of changed over time. You know, he like went into that thinking well, he'd be kind of like the southwest of space and they would just assemble things and then um, from other Made by other companies and then over time he's like no the only way we can really get this cheap enough is if we make it all entirely Ourselves which is like a huge shift. I mean then you've got to get all these manufacturing plants and everything so Elon he flies by the seat of his pants a little bit, but I mean, to your point, you know, he's, he's kind of got this belief that he can kind of achieve whatever he sets his mind to behind it. And he has this bigger goal, um, that he's shooting for. And you know, there's this guy, Steve Jurvetson, who's a venture capitalist at, uh, at Draper Fisher Jurvetson. And he's invested in all of Elon's companies and probably made the most money off of Elon besides Elon. And, um, you know, I've talked to him, he's in the book a whole bunch. And I mean, that's, Completely what he says is pretty much like Elon could have come to them with just about anything, <laughs> and they would invest in it just because they know he'll, he'll pull something off at the end.
1: Well, it's like they, there was a professor, who's who explained Charles Darwin's theory, and he said what Darwin was really trying to say is that it's not the strongest or the smartest who survive, but it's those able to adapt to the environment in which they find themselves. And so what you're saying is Elon Musk has this overarching goal, but then he's willing to pivot, adapt, and be changeable with SpaceX. If, if it becomes apparent that he shouldn't be the southwest of space, he should do something else. He's willing to pivot and, and change. I think changeability is really why Homo sapiens are the dominant species on planet Earth right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think he does you know, like with something like Tesla, it's funny because there were moments in time where the company thought about, okay, maybe we should make a hybrid car and put in uh, you know, a gas engine alongside the electric stuff to recharge, um, you, you take advantage of, like, obviously the fuel network and all that stuff when you need it in emergencies. And, and then Elon and the head of technology, J.B. Straubel, sat down, like, no, you know, look, I mean, if we do that, we do a compromise. What we have to do is stick with our guns and, and this idea that we're going to make the best So they had kind of this guiding principle that they never were willing to waver from, but, but, um, you know, bringing that to fruition required, I don't know if it's pivot is the right word, but yeah, lots of different thinking around how to solve problems and being flexible and, and, and figuring out how to make money off this thing.
1: Now let's, let's go here to a subject that, that's interesting to me whenever I meet these powerful people or, interact you know what's the dark side that you're like my lesson from these dark sides of elon musk is i don't ever want to have this in my life even if i could be a billionaire they're just something i don't want what what uh what'd you learn there not necessarily trying to throw elon under the bus but just you know your take on there's always abraham lincoln said i learn from everybody i meet but sometimes it's what not to do right it's not always what to do
0: yeah yeah, no, I mean, I think there's plenty of those kind of things. I mean, one we alluded to a little bit was, I mean, I just don't think I would live my life like he does. I mean, I'm in awe of all the stuff he achieved. And um, and I'm glad that there's somebody out there who's kind of willing to do that. I, you know, I wouldn't be able to spend as much time as he does at the office at the expense of, like, my family and in a social life and all of that. I mean, I think there's a kind of happier medium. I mean, maybe you have to be like that to, to accomplish everything he has by 44. Um, I don't know.
1: How many hours is he spending at the office?
0: Well, you know, he literally works seven days a week cause he's running two companies at the same time. And I mean, he's basically kind of like married to the office. It depends how you want to argue it, but I mean, there's easily days when he's there 18 or 20 hours at the office. And, yeah. um, you know, there's a funny part in the book where he, he had just gotten, divorced um and he's like I, I gotta start dating again and then he looks at me he goes how how, long, how much time do you think a woman requires a week he's like is, do you think 10 hours would be enough you know
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's calculating it mathematically
0: yeah. and then you know the other thing that you see in the book quite a fair bit is is how hard he is on employees i mean he expects them to work just about as much as he does he expects them to be if not perfect working their tail off and then definitely being exceptional quite often and if they're not um you know he lets them know about it in no uncertain terms he's been known to really kind of humiliate people in meetings and and um and you know i i'm just not wired that way to begin with and so and then you know it also seemed to be something that elon has learned over time that when he kind of demoralizes people they don't come back um some of them don't come back from that and they they sort of like lose their morale and and so he's tried to curb that a little bit um but you know i find all that was kind of a little bit sad there's people who've worked for him for 10 or 12 years seen him almost every day and you know i don't think either of them would consider each other friends um it's still kind of this business relationship. And so I don't think things have to be that way.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, there's a certain drive that it takes to, like you said, by 44 have skyrocketed and the old rule of physics that for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. It becomes the ultimate balancing act to go, okay, I'm going to put people... I'm gonna make the Southwest Airlines of space to Mars, and I'm gonna have a perfectly normal dating life. You know, if you could pull that off, you're you're truly the the greatest genius of all time. So almost always, you find my friend. Uh, her dad was telling me that I, Albert Einstein used to show up at his farm when he was growing up to buy like, kind of like a farmer's market. And he said, my early memories of Albert Einstein. Or I would go up to him as a little kid and he would like, give me a hug or whatever. And he smelled horrible. So Albert Einstein could not quite find the time to wear deodorant or take a bath because he was off on planet, you know, Lululand coming up with E equals MC squared. So I think it's one of those humanity has to balance out Einstein. Like the other 7 billion people on the planet, we take showers uh, so that the room doesn't smell when Einstein walks in.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, like for me, it's, it's like one of the big questions in the book is like, is like, where is that balance? Does there need to be a balance or not? I don't think it's anything that there's, I came to a real clear conclusion, except, except to what you said. I mean, I think if Elon was trying to be kind of live some sort of normal life, there's no way he would have achieved everything he has. Um, but it's that whole sort of like the ends justifying the means thing that obviously kind of repeats all the time. Um, in literature, and and I think Elon's life is like a, a total uh, experiment in that.
1: So socially, so he's divorced, and that took a toll on him. He's got, I think, five kids. How uh, through this? Let's talk for a second about the kids. Were you able to talk, interview the kids? What what's their take on having a dad like this?
0: <laughs> you know, I try to leave them out of it, um, okay. and I sort of did that consciously. I know. split time between him and Elon's first wife and I talked to his ex-wife about it quite a bit and to Elon about it quite a bit I mean his ex-wife kind of felt like they um, I mean everyone feels like Elon's like a good dad and and when he's with them he's a really good dad but uh, you know his ex-wife Justine felt like the kids were living this totally um, bizarre kind of unreal life and that her job was to kind of keep them a little more grounded i mean they go to the spacex factory on the weekend to and sort of have to sit there while their dad works they're like the only boys they're all boys and they're the only boys on earth i think who get like bored going to the rocket factory and, um, <laughs> that's so that elon would tell me we were having dinner one time he's like oh we i just got back from monaco with the boys we were watching the f1 races with the prince and princess and all this stuff and so um you know they live uh pretty exceptional kind of strange life and then elon he did suffer so much as a kid and sort of sees that as giving him this resolve later in life and so i remember we were having one dinner and he's like i mean what am i supposed to do am i supposed to um, i think about this all the time should i make life miserable on them how do you do that sort of consciously you know or or do they just get the benefit from from sort of um from this lifestyle so i you know it's something they think about a lot
1: Yeah, if you talk about the ultimate juggling act, if you can pull off uh, starting $3 billion companies from scratch, healthy marriage, or good dating life, and amazing kids, we might have to give this guy a Nobel Prize or something like that. (laughs) Do you think that that his intellect, How uh, my experience with high-level people is it almost always – I, there's an interesting book out New York Times bestseller. I think it's called Willpower. And uh, it starts by saying, if you correlate success with factors that people have, you know, is it because you're tall? Is it because where you're born? Is it good looking? Is it inte- intelligence? Is it being born into a rich family? They found two factors most uh, important or most predictive of your success. One is just raw intellect. And number two is willpower. So, willpower is obviously an all-encompassing word. So, maybe we can break those down. Elon Musk, what was your impression of his intellect, just raw computing power?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's no question in my mind. You know, that he's he's exceptionally gifted. I, as a kid, he was just this unbelievably precocious reader who was able to recall. Facts of what he read, you know, in an almost kind of disturbing way to the other kids around him. It was kind of funny because he <laughs>
1: disturbing. didn't
0: do that well. It's what's that in a disturbing way? Well, sort of like a know-it-all kind of, right? <laughs> um, you know, I remember his mom was saying um, there was they were like sitting at the dinner table one day, and his his sister said something about how far the moon was away from the earth, and Elon was like, "No, that's wrong," and he, you know. Recited it to the exact foot a number of feet that the moon was from the earth um, You know he could he, he was always sort of doing this know-it-all Thing to the kids around him, but it was funny because like in school He didn't do he didn't do like poorly, but he didn't do that Well everyone I interviewed from his grade school days was like he was just so he was like the least exceptional Boy and then Elon sort of chalks that up to he just didn't really kind of put in the effort And I think that's probably true because then by the time college rolls around, he goes to Queens in, in Canada and then UPenn and then he starts, you know, being the top of the class and, and kind of blowing everyone away. And then today, I mean, he does like, honestly, he does astrophysics stuff in his head and it's, it's I mean, he, he knows a lot about a lot of stuff. He's very smart.
1: <laughs> yeah. One thing that I heard him say, somebody asked, you know, how'd you learn how to run a space company? You you didn't go to school for that. And he said, I read a lot and uh, I'm a big proponent of books. What did you, did you talk at all with him on, on, or see his, his reading appetite for books and knowledge?
0: His reading appetite is, yeah. is like off the charts. I mean, he, you know, like when he was a kid, he read through everything he was interested in at the local library, and then he would do the same thing at the bookstore. I mean, his brother said, you know, he would read one or two books a day growing up, but it's probably the thing he's, like, most famous for growing up and that most people commented on. Um, He would, like, go over for dinner at somebody's house or their family would, and all the kids would run off and play, and Elon would always go find the, the owner of the house's library and just sit down on the floor and start reading.
1: Hmm. Well, that's what that's what I tell people. I tell them, get to, I did a TEDx talk and it's it's about why I read a book a day. And I always tell people in my research, yeah, I, almost every person, very, very few exceptions that does big things read because reading cuts the learning curve. Because as Warren Buffett says, humans only learn from mistakes, but they don't have to be yours. So a, a book is a way to absorb other people's mistakes. And The reward for it is at 44, like Elon Musk, uh, you can have done what most people wouldn't do in 4,000 years of life. So it's this learning curve cut. So that's interesting. Books. I'm glad always to hear my pet theories get confirmed by other people, so thank you for that. We didn't didn't pre-rehearse that. Uh, Next thing, so he's got the intellect, and we alluded to this a little bit earlier, but willpower. This is still, you know, we talk about his motivation being this wanting to save the world. Did you see like this raw, almost scary ability to just focus down and say, I will get this done? Come, You said maybe he was willing to die for something. Can you speak on like just this raw, procrastinating, crushing willpower?
0: Well, I mean, that's you know that may be his greatest strength. I mean, it is sort of like an amalgam of all these things you're talking about, where you have to have the intellect, and you got to be able to do some marketing, and you got to be able to raise money. But I mean, without Elon's willpower, none of these companies would be around today, because all of them had these moments where they were basically on death's door, and it, it was it was only kind of Elon's belief and and willingness to just. think it was also people kind of seeing what Elon was willing to do that um, set this like example for them to follow. I mean, like in 2008 during Tesla's really, really dark times, um, you know, you've got Elon who's just there nonstop. He'll come in on the weekends and, and he puts a desk right in the middle of the factory floor and never says anything to anyone. I mean, the message is really clear, like you should be here on the weekends. The suppliers that the company deals with who are never used to dealing with people on the weekends start getting calls directly from Elon. And now they know they have to work on the weekends too. <laughs> and, um, and I mean, it's really whatever crisis is happening, he does something kind of like that to deal with it and, and pulls them through, I mean, to me, I've met a lot of smart people. So Elon's smart. There's a lot of really smart people to me. His willpower was what set him apart from anyone else I've ever met.
1: Yeah. I think I heard Elon Musk say, if you work a uh, hundred hours a week when everybody else works 40 hour a week, uh, hours a week, you know, you'll accomplish in three months, what takes most people a year or whatever. And I think that if that uh, that's hard math to argue. because. Basically, true as long as you can be productive at 100 hours, you know. What about
0: yeah? I think think most people would, I think most people would sort of have trouble to keep going. He's oddly, um, he he has like the stamina to sort of back it up, and so that's been a, a real gift for him. Do
1: you think he sleeps on average how many hours?
0: Well, he says he sleeps like four or five hours, and I think that's probably true. You know, he would like knock off. Send emails at like 12 or 1, and sort of kick back up again around 5. I mean, if it's, if he sleeps four or five hours, it's it's like it's like right on the nose, and then he's back to it. No naps. Ah, uh, not that I know of. I mean, the uh, you know, pre- we'd have like we'd meet for dinner at 9 o'clock at night, and then we'd talk for three or four hours, and. So it'd be around midnight, and we'd stop, and then I'd be going home. And he, we, we'd get in Silicon Valley. He'd get like back on his jet and fly to LA and be doing email that whole time. I mean, and then yeah, it never seemed like there was room for naps in the middle of, of all the stuff he's got going on.
1: So when you were, uh, when you were, you got access. By the way, if you're chiming in here, Elon Musk, I'm uh, the book Tesla, SpaceX, and the Quest for a Fantastic Future by Ashley Vance amazing book uh here with ashley vance and so how many hours did you end up spending with him in person to pull this book Uh, off you know
0: it was like yeah we had sort of like 30 hours of just face-to-face interviews and then i would do stuff like going to tesla and walking around the design studio with him and hanging out at the spacex factory we went to like movie premieres and things like that and um So yeah, it's quite a bit of time. I mean, we the uh, you know some of the interviews would be like three, four, five hours long, and um, and so and I was just uh, I mean I was just like thrilled to sort of get that chance.
1: What about diet and exercise? What would you see that he (laughs) that he does? What does he eat? (laughs) What'd you say?
0: You know, he's got not his strong suits really. (laughs) He's got. He's got. I mean, he's got people that bring him food and everything, and and it's all like okay. I mean, uh, there's nothing. At one point, he was kind of doing like a low carb thing to try and uh, lose weight um, because he, 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 you know, he really doesn't. He goes through fits and periods where he kind of will exercise, and he exercises like super intensely, and has a trainer and all that stuff. But then, you know, I think work gets. Best of them, and he tends to put on a little bit of weight during those periods.
1: Yeah. So does he have the typical? If you're at his house, does he have the Iron Man type house? Does he have you know gadgets and maids and, and all this beautiful supermodel? Now that he's single, does that does he live that, or is he pretty much not quite as glamorous because he's always at the office?
0: You no, know, it is pretty glamorous. He's got like a mansion in Bel Air, and and uh, I mean the stuff that he is most into is video games (laughs) and he has he has people that build him sort of custom video game machines that have to be water cooled and all that stuff and he's put in like uh, the highest speed internet into his video game room and everything i mean that's where he uh um invests a fair bit of money that's i mean i would say that's like his biggest hobby
1: video games so video games, he's got that. He's got mansions. He's got the jets. He's got obviously, when I was with him, he had a Tesla, which was no surprise. Uh, and you were talking about what about social life in terms of you know is he living the, the, not the Hugh Hefner, but the you know kind of what's Robert Downey uh, Jr., Tony Stark kind of Iron Man social life?
0: He does a little bit. You know, he's like—he's definitely different than the other tech CEOs. I mean, most of those guys kind of hang out up in Silicon Valley, and then Elon definitely prefers like the Hollywood lifestyle. I mean, he genuinely has people in the movie industry who are his good friends, John Favreau, who directs the Iron Man stuff. I mean, I see him at Tesla events, hanging out with like Elon's family and everything. And then, you know, Elon doesn't take a lot of time off. But then I always notice he's at. The Super Bowl, or the Kentucky Derby, or the big fight—I mean, he kind of likes to be where the action is. And I don't—he's definitely not the Robert Downey Jr. super charismatic, women falling off his arm kind of thing. Because Elon's hes just not that. Um, I mean, he can be charming in his way, but he's not that like total smooth operator kind of guy. But he definitely likes to be, you know, like at the Hollywood parties and things like that.
1: Yeah. All right, as we kind of wrap up here, few things i kind of had a list for you. We're, we're making good progress here. Mentors. I'm a big believer. Mentors made all the difference in my life in cutting this learning curve. Books obviously can be mentors, but at some level, having in-person mentors, who do you think Elon would count as his mentors?
0: People ask me this, and I, I don't, you know, I don't think there's a super satisfying answer, you know, his his grandfather on his mother's side was this amazing character who went on constant adventures across Africa, did all these very daring things, and, and I think there's like a little bit of that in him. And then Elon was raised to a large degree by his grandmother on his father's side, and she had kind of survived World War II and would tell him these stories about um, like all the hardships that her family went through and how they got through without any money and 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 things like that and and I know for a fact that um, he always looked up to her and and took a lot away from those lessons because he would recount them all the time Um, but then you know like when you asked him for sort of like a specific person that he was kind of modeling himself after or taking inspiration from. I mean, he really never um, pulled out a very clear example along those lines. I found that pretty interesting.
1: I think it's probably, you know, for most people, it ends up when I was 16, I tried to find one person with all the answers. And you end up with really an amalgamation of people. I'm sure, you know, he was business partners with Peter Thiel, who's gone on to big success on his own. Uh, These people like the big investors, uh, you think they have influence in terms of, you know, Giving him insight in things, maybe that wasn't his—that weren't his strength.
0: I think so. I think he had a bunch of internships. Like there was one in particular at a bank, and um, there was a guy there who really took him under his wing and and gave Elon a chance. Elon had sort of called him out of the blue and and was like this kid, 18, 19, and, and he's like, yeah, come in, work for me. And then and then he saw how smart Elon was and was really letting him do pretty um, advanced things at the bank. And, and it's actually there where Elon starts to get some of these ideas for PayPal and, and the company before it. it was called X.com. And so that guy was kind of like a mentor. I mean, Elon, you see figures like that pop up. Um, the ones that he worked with, the investors and Peter Thiel, I mean, I think they taught Elon that he had to kind of temper his um, the full <laughs> forcefulness of his personality a bit if he was going to be a good leader of people.
1: Right. You must be able to win friends and influence people.
0: So, yeah, best
1: story. It could be a story out arising from the ashes and dark times. It could be a funny story, maybe even a story that you didn't put in the book. What's your favorite story uh, as we kind of close here?
0: You know, I mean, my favorite <laughs> The favorite long story in the book is is kind of how SpaceX comes to be, and you have it's this incredible tale of of three or four hundred really young, smart engineers who who the company was basically birthed on this island called quadrilane in the Pacific, um, which they were kind of exiled to because no one else would let them launch rockets <laughs> from their launch pads. And
1: is that a real country they found that had sovereign rights or something? I,
0: it's an island it's part of the marshall islands and um the u.s has used it for years to test uh, our 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 uh, missiles okay. you can sort of like blow them up out there and let them fall into the ocean and so there was like a military presence there and they said okay spacex you can come fly and um and so you've got these guys that live there for two years and and they've, never really built a rocket from scratch before. And then you've got this guy in Elon who's flying out there on his jet and, and coming by to check everything out. And just all the adventures they went on, it was kind of like Gilligan's Island, a um, space of, of rocketry. And they would send up the rockets and they would blow up over their head and come crashing back down to earth. They had to build their own like dormitories and plumbing and all this stuff. So um, just a real adventure. And then, you know, eventually they succeed. And that's this amazing moment and and um it's basically like elon's last dollar is is the rocket that succeeds and then nasa ends up having faith in the company after that and gives them a bunch of money and uh it's been this huge success story ever since so um i don't know i think just i can only get into a little bit of it here but i mean that grand tale of how spacex came to be is kind of my favorite
1: yeah it's like uh it's one of those triumphs of creativity meets willpower meets a little good luck you know you can get those three together you you have a, have a recipe for success so last question then we'll close up here if you had one thing to say and it's just similar to the first question i asked you but one like super practical thing it, it can be as practical as you know eat broccoli Uh, The super practical takeaway you learned from spending in-person time with Elon on his jet in person at Hollywood premieres from writing this book. What is that ultimate, just practical, do this and you're going to live a better life. You're going to find the good life a little bit quicker, a little bit bit higher quality.
0: I guess the one thing that I took away that I've tried to employ practically is and it is simple. I mean, it's something you hear all the time. But anyway, this is what I took away is, is don't take no for an answer and believe in yourself, you know. And, and, I mean, I think that's a huge fundamental thing that Elon lives in his life. It's something that I employed while I was writing the book and sort of getting turned down for things. Because he Elon. kept
1: turning you down and you kept saying, give me another chance. Let's do this. Let's do this, right?
0: Yeah, just perseverance. I mean, I spent two years interviewing hundreds of people and and sort of wore elon down through that and uh and you know when i would get down on myself because you go through lots of ups and downs while you're researching and writing a book i mean i would always go back and be like you know what would elon do right now and he would just
1: (laughs) what would elon do You you
0: have one of those bracelets he would keep he'd keep going and he and he also you know the believe in yourself thing is important too because if you look at his life he's had just about everybody always telling him what he was doing was either wrong or impossible. And a lot of times it's taken much, much longer and been more expensive than he thought, but he has accomplished it <laughs> in the end.
1: Uh, okay. One quick thing, bonus question. Cause I remember a bonus question. I must get your opinion on here for my own sanity. Fo- the balance between focus and doing lots of stuff. What's the takeaway? Is it possible? Is it, a mistake? Is it a flaw and he's just so good he can do it? Because most entrepreneurs, uh, all of us, we get a little distracted, do a little bit too much. Do you think there is a way to pull off this multiple stuff or do you think at the end of the day, SpaceX is the main one and he really wishes he could just focus on one thing?
0: No, I mean, I came away thinking focus is important. I think even though he's running two companies at one time, he's very focused on them in the particular moment i think if he had his druthers you know he he, if he could he would just do spacex and and i think it does tear him apart that he has to spend so much energy on two things but i think being like totally scattered is a mistake and that you know even from the outside it looks like he's doing all these things at once which he, he is on a meta level on you know closer down he is dead set focused on particular problems at any given time
1: so and you said two companies. You mean three? Because is he pretty involved in Solar City, or not quite as much there?
0: Definitely not as much. He's chairman, and and his cousins run it, and he helped come up with the idea for it. But he's not. It's not at all sort of this like day to day struggle, um, like it is with Tesla and SpaceX. I mean, he, he's much less involved with Solar City.
1: Awesome. Well, Ashley, thanks so much, everybody listening. It's a definite recommendation from me, without any uh without any hesitation and you have here on the back of the book Richard Branson recommending the book that's a pretty good recommendation uh you've got Craig Venter so you got a you got a pretty good endorsement so I have a hard copy of the book I always now if you go on Amazon a lot of times you can get a hard copy for not too much more and uh check out the book it's called Elon Musk Tesla SpaceX and the quest for a fantastic future Ashley this was awesome And uh, I appreciate you taking the time.
0: Thanks so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate it.